This is Tell Me What to Read, the podcast from booktopia.com.au. I'm Mark Harding, and today I am chatting with some of my fellow booktopians about the books they're reading. Uh, and today we have two uh, brand new contributors to the podcast. So I'd like to welcome Callum, Jess, and Liv. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Thanks Hello. For us. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw to you first, Liv, so that, um, so that our, our, new, our new contributors get a bit of a sense of how the podcast runs. Liv, what are you reading and uh, what are you enjoying about it? So I've been reading a lot of books lately, but there's one that's really standing out to me as like a new instant favorite. Um, and that book is Middle Game by Sean and Maguire. Uh, it's kind of a fantasy fantasy horror hybrid novel like there's elements of horror but I wouldn't say it's plain horror and it basically follows the story of two twins named Roger and Dodger. Um, They are no ordinary twins they have basically been created by a rogue alchemist from the alchemical congress and his big game is to uh, exert control over the universe by you know creating these twins who embody like mathematical perfection and also like language and linguistics. And it's called The Doctrine of Ethos. It's very intense and kind of involved. So I'm not going to get too deep into it because I feel like I will massacre it. Um, But basically, we just follow the story of these twins and this horrible organization that's kind of created them. And they've been separated from birth because if they came together, it would be like, you know, catastrophic if, you know, they realized their powers too soon. Um, but they do end up just keeping on finding each other. Uh, they f- figure out that they have this kind of psychic connection. They can like talk to each other and like see through the other's eyes. And it's just kind of about, you know, it's a coming of age novel disguised as like a fantasy horror novel. So it's kind of like them trying to find each other and stay together and, you know, because they love each other, they're brother and sister, and they're, you know, embarking on their own journeys of self-discovery uh, while also, you know, trying not to cause horrendous earthquakes and, you know, the deaths of some of their closest friends. Um, I have been reading this for a few weeks um, because it's the kind of, it's a busy time of year and it's the kind of novel that I want to devote all of my attention to. Um, not because it's difficult, but because the language itself is gorgeous. Like this is my first Sean and McGuire novel, but I instantly want to read everything else she's ever written. Um, the story is engaging. It's interesting. There are characters in it that are just like, they do these horrific things, but then they're also kind of products of their, you know, they're upraising. Literally, it's kind of a nature versus nurture experiment, even though those words aren't ever really kind of, you know, uttered by anyone. Um, it's fascinating. It man- manages to, like, talk about really mathematical concepts without getting too deep into it. Um, so I kind of, comp- it's like the Umbrella Academy meets the Queen's Gambit in a lot of ways. Like, I'm getting big Umbrella Academy vibes from it. Um, but I just, I love this book. It's an instant new favorite. Um, like I said, Shauna McGuire's writing is incredible. It's like evocative um, and really emotional, but also just like sometimes she'll like slip a knife between your ribs kind of metaphorically and you're like, well, that was so good. <laughs> um, yeah. And just the villains in this are just terrifying. Like they're not really kind of sketched out in any level of great detail. They're just terrifying and creepy and they don't give a crap who they knife in the ribs to like, get to what they want, which is control over the universe. Um, I really love this book. I believe there is a kind of next year, um, 
which I think is more of a spin-off than a sequel, but it's set in this world. Um, my The tagline of this book, which I absolutely love, is called Godhood is Attainable, Pray It Isn't Attained. And that's the line that made me want to read this book. And I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's out now, obviously. Um, that's... Yeah, Sean and McGuire, instant new favourite. Sounds awesome. Thank you, Liv. Um, random question, but why is it in these books, like, it's always a set of twins who aren't normal twins. When is somebody going to write a book about just, like, normal twins? And it's just, like, twins and, like, it's just following them, like, going to the shops. And, like, one of them's mowing the lawn or something. Like... I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer to read about a set of twins that could set off an earthquake just by, you know, mowing the lawn together. Yeah, I think my observation sounded funnier in my head. I was, I was expecting a lot of, like, response mm, and laughter to that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Liv. That's, uh, that sounds really, really great. And you said that um, it's out now and there's a, a, a kind of sequel coming out in May. Yes, it's called Seasonal Fears. Excellent. Sounds creepy as hell. I'm so here for it. All right. Well, thank you for that, Liv. Um, we'll go over right. to you now, Jess. Um, what have you been reading and what have you been liking about it? Um, so I want to tell you about um, one of the non-fiction books that I read last month, which I found horrifying and so fascinating. Um, and it's called The Hidden Case of Ewan Forbes. Um, and it follows the legal case of a transgender Scottish arist aristocrat um, called Ewan Forbes who uh, was born in 1912 in Scotland, um, was assigned female at birth and uh, raised uh, as a boy. And in 1965, his brother, who is the Baron, um, dies unexpectedly, leaving no heirs. And I don't know whether you're familiar with the primogenitor laws that are in the UK, but certain peerage titles can only pass through the male line. Enter evil cousin John, who tries to wrestle the baronetcy from Ewan um, under the guise that he's, insert quotation marks, not a real man. Um, and there is a legal case. Um, it is kept from public view um, and is done in kind of private legal chambers, um, but essentially has a huge impact on um, the future of laws that could have then happened or not happened, um, particularly in the UK, but but there's the, the author sort of alludes to the fact that if this hadn't been kept from the public eye, that it, it could have had ramifications um, for the world. Um, and it only really came to light in 1996, which is actually very recently. Um, yeah, and it's a really fascinating book. I mean, it, it does deal with a lot of names and dates and legal cases um but it's just a really fascinating look into um this one very um specific case where the sort of laws of succession um were, were sort of challenged and and how they were looked at um and i sort of did a little bit of research afterwards i'm definitely not a lawyer um but I was really interested to find out that the laws of succession only changed in the uk in 2013 so um, before that, a, a a female older sister would have um, wouldn't wouldn't have inherited the crown over her younger brother. Um, the younger brother would have always been given pre um, precedence, and that only changed in twenty thirteen. 
but there's still many, many peerages that um, still only only go and are inherited through the male line, which I just thought was horrifying. But yeah, it's so, insane. Yeah, very, very interesting book. Um, who who wrote that one? Uh, it was written by Zoe Playden. And it's uh, it's available now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, December twenty. Oh, December twenty twenty one. I think it comes out very, very soon. Uh, oh, I was excellent. given a pre-release by Bloomsbury, which is cool. Yeah, that sounds like a really a really fascinating book and um, very uh, interesting. Now, just kind of the, the the conversation that that tends to happen in some corners, I guess, of the internet around um, transgender people and it being, you know, a fad. And I think stories like this really put the light of that. That um, you know, this has been a innate part of human nature for a very long time. And um, yeah, it's it's very very interesting to to see kind of a legally documented case around it um, from such a long time ago. Yeah, and, and how interesting that it, even as it was happening, uh, the importance of it was recognised. And, and, and consequently, I imagine that is why it was hidden, because um, whoever decided at the time that they didn't want it to go. I mean, I think a lot of it, um, it was Ewan who wanted to keep it private because of the societal backlash that would have, and that the media at the time was just ferocious towards transgender people that um if it had been swept up into the public eye it would have ruined his uh, um his and his wife's life um you know he was a big part of the community that he um that he lived in he was a doctor um and and i think that he only ever wanted a private life he was very into hunting and um spending time and working the land that he owned um and i think that um, it was at his bequest that it was kept from the public eye, um, and 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 then obviously had ramifications um, lasting centuries. Yeah, thank you, Jess. That that's that sounds like a, fa- a fascinating book. Um, what what else have you been reading? So um, it's a pretty different, but the other book that I've been reading um, was The Empire of a Vampire by Jay Kristoff. Oh yeah. Um, and it is bloody brilliant. And when I mean when I say bloody, I mean um, like very, very bloody. It is deliciously dark, um, and it is definitely not a YA novel. I picked it up thinking that it probably was, and it is definitely not. It is definitely an adult novel, and it is terrifying. It's about um, a vampire. A half vampire, half human, called Gab- uh, Gabriel de Leon, who the only way that I can describe him is if you can imagine Taylor Swift's song "I Knew You Were Trouble," but sung by Metallica, that would be his total vibe. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's um, great. <laughs> I can absolutely concur that that is true, isn't it? Um, and so- he—he's just so dark, um, and it's. And it's about him and he is the last silver state and basically it's uh, his quest to save the world from evil vampires. And when I say evil vampires, like we're not talking twilight glittery vampires. We're talking there's at one point where one of the vampires goes into a village and like takes all the small children and bathes in their blood. Like it's dark. It's very, very dark. Um, But it's just incredible. The world building is amazing. The characters are great. And one of the things that I love about it a lot is that um, it, it has artwork all the way through the book. 
um, that is just so incredible and it just adds a richness to the story and it kind of builds that world in your mind whilst you're reading it and adds um, so much, um, makes it so vivid in your head as you're reading it. You can already picture it as a movie. I, I think what, one of the great things about working at Booktopia and indeed hosting this show is uh, every now and then a book hits and it kind of passes through the staff and everybody loves it and recommends it to somebody else. And, and it, it just kind of makes its way through the, the Booktopia family and everybody has this reaction to it. And Empire of the Vampire is one of those books where a lot of people have, have read it and recommended it. I actually bought a copy. I've, I've started it. I'm, I'm about a quarter of the way through. And I bought it because on a previous episode of this show, Joel was on and he was raving about it. And while he was talking, I was like, I just have to buy this book. And I muted myself and I went online to booktopia.com.au where you should all go to buy your books. And I bought it straight away. Um, it's, and yeah, it's just, it's such a great story. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I think even the hardback is on, is on offer at the moment. Um, so I thoroughly recommend getting the hardback because one of the things, and it's really my only criticism about the book, is like, she's chunky. Like she's a good 700 pages. Um, yeah. And I got about 75% of the way through and I was like, huh, there aren't many pages left and there is a hell of a lot to wrap up. How the hell is Jay Kristoff going to wrap this all up? And then I did some Googling and it is the first in a trilogy. And I was like, oh, no. Um, and I think going to be waiting a while for the second installment. Um, I don't know whether he's started writing it yet, but... If he hasn't, I'd like to strongly recommend that he does because I've already started thinking about it and I don't know how much longer I could wait. Um, and can I also can just, I, I just want to, to thank you for, for bringing this one up, Jess. And I also wanted to say, I think you have a great career in um, a future career in delivering cover quotes for books <laughs> because you're, <laughs> I knew you were troubled by Taylor Swift sung by, by Metallica. Great, great cover quote for this book. Also, she's chunky. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> she is chunky um also yeah. you've started reading it like can yeah. you not hear can you not hear that song as yeah. soon as uh gabrielle is described yeah i now now that you said that it fits so perfectly yeah and you can almost yeah. hear him like stalking through a forest with his cloak and his yeah. pipe yeah for sure anyway right. i absolutely loved it raved about it um yeah it's great all right, excellent. Thank you for that, Jess. Now, um, before we get to you, Callum, um, I just wanted to mention that today's episode uh, is sponsored by the classic Lieutenant Al Wheeler series from Carter Brown. Um, are you guys familiar with these books? No, I'm not. Tell me no. more. So these are books that are being published by um, Booktopia's publishing arm, Brio Books, and they're actually being republished. They are classic noir detective novels um, that... I think they've been a little bit forgotten by history, but back in the 1950s, they were the best-selling books in the world outside of the Bible. Um, they were written by an Australian author, Carter Brown is, is a pseudonym, um, and allegedly they were um, JFK's favourite book series. Um, and uh, uh, Brio Books and Booktopia Publishing are going to be uh, releasing a lot of these books over the coming um, months uh, because there were something like 75 written. But the first four are out and we have exclusive book club editions of these novels available. And check out these titles, The Wicked, Blonde Verdict, Delilah Was Deadly and No Harp For My Angel. Doesn't that just sound like noir -y, crime, cool, classic, like 
I, I don't know. I, I love that. So those four book, book club editions of the Carter Brown classic crime novels are available now and you can buy them as a bundle and save 35% um, off the regular retail price uh, right now if you head over to booktopia.com.au. All right, Callum, over to you. What have you been reading and what have you been liking about it? Thanks, Mark. Um, I've got two books that I'm going to be having a chat about today. I generally gravitate towards kind of memoirs and historical fiction, but um, since working for Booktopia, the YA sector, especially the sci-fi YA, has sort of been jumping up, um, especially listening to the guys talk about their favourite reads. So the first book I have is um, Scythe by Neil Schusterman. Um, this is a dystopian YA sci-fi set in the future, a distant future of an alternate Earth where basically humans have mastered the art of living. Um, so sustainability has been mastered, health has been mastered, racial issues have been mastered and technology has um, dictated how we live our life. So the book itself, um, it follows a journey of uh, two teens, um, Citra and Rowan, and essentially they are taken on as scythe apprentices. So because um, humans live indefinitely now, to keep the population uh, managed, there are these... Um, chosen few called scythes. Now these scythes are feared as well as they're celebrated. Um, death has become less of something that is overly feared because most people don't know what death looks like anymore. It's sort of this kind of celebrity event. Um, people are terrified of it because it's at random. So the scythes have the ability to pick who dies at random. Um, and essentially how it's formed is the basis of the old world. So the old world when a plane would crash, they have to take out, you know, 60 to 70 people. Um, if someone dies from drink driving, they have to take out a, popula a portion of the population in order to kind of sustain the population overall. You've got uh, humans living for centuries. They've got um, multiple children. Um, the racial span is now a percentage across six different fractions. It's a completely different world. Um, the way it's written is fantastic because... I get very bogged down when it's very literal, very kind of, um, I call it the data dump when it's trying to build this world, but I really got into it really quickly. Um, I guess one thing going into this book that I wasn't expecting is how the themes of what happens when you give the hand of God to people, when you as a human have to make the decisions of who lives and who dies. And essentially the uh, teens in this book get to... Um, they essentially have to watch what happens, learn the skill and then make the decision for their own. So I definitely recommend if you're into a bit of a darker um, theme, it's definitely something to check out, um, especially hearing about um, the lovely vampire books um, that we've been discussing <laughs> today. <laughs> um, yeah, that, Sounds like it's up my I street. I do, I do. It's really interesting. They've got like it's a completely different idea. So you become deadish if you die. So a lot of people, if you die accidentally or you get hit by a truck or something, you're deadish. So you're dead, but you can be revived. So you're not fully dead because you just get revived and everything's fine. Um, everyone lives with like a nanobot that you can tweak to change your appearance or change your metabolism so you lose weight. I know most of us would love that because of the COVID kilos. Um, that would be fantastic. 
Um, but essentially this world has no government anymore. So there's a thing called the Thunderhead, which is this artificial intelligence, and it's sort of the big brother. It's all seeing or knowing. They call it the better conscience, but essentially it, um, the reason it's the perfect government is because it doesn't have a conscience. It goes by data and it goes by sort of how a computer would react to things to, you know, deal with things like sustainability, to deal with population, um, things like that. So wow. definitely a um, bit intense to work around and you sort of start seeing themes in, you know, our lives. We're just like, oh, yeah, maybe not a good idea to get a computer to control that. Let's keep the, the morals and the, <laughs> the emotions at bay because, um, yeah, it can definitely get a little bit, a little bit heavy when you're reading it and going, oh, so anyone can just be taken out at any moment just because, you know, the, there's a quota that needs to be filled. It's, it's, wow, it's how fascinating. Removes, yeah, it completely removes all sense of um, connection to what you know as life and what these people who have lived for centuries and what they've experienced, you know, their life can be gone in an instant and that's it. And is it a little bit sort of Handmaid's Tale-ish where you can see elements in society at the moment where you're like, oh, that could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely written on that. Um, it's the first in a series. So there's three books out at the moment, including Thunderhead and The Toll. Um, so I'm definitely going to have to check those ones out as well. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of those ones where it's kind of um, art in imitating life at the moment. <laughs> um, well, the just in an extreme, extreme way. <laughs> that's the, the best science fiction does that. Um, mm. examines our current fears and anxieties and 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 societies through the lens of, of what a future world could look like. Um, so welcome, welcome to the world of being a, of being a nerd, Calum. <laughs> I know, it's great. I've done June this year and now I've done this. It's going well. <laughs> uh, what else have you been reading? Um, I have done a memoir recently. So um, This Much Is True by Miriam Margulies. Uh, Miriam is incredible. I love her to pieces. She is a BAFTA award winner um, actress. She is probably most known to most people as either Lady Whiteadder from Blackadder, Professor Sprout from Harry Potter. I love her as Aunt Sponge from James and the Giant Peach, where she starred across from Judy Lum Lumley, my favourite, Ultimate. Um, her reading her book, I got to know a lot more about her background and her early days. So she um, comes from a Jewish family. Um, so they immigrated during World War II um, to the UK. They're from Bel um, Belarus and Poland. Um, she believes that her hair is curly because she was conceived during a bomb raid. So if that's anything to kind of set up a funny life story, that's just that's just the start of it. Um, she has a very interesting look on life. She is very much a self-aware, needs to be centre of attention, but she is very proud and she is very, um, as much as she wants to be the centre of attention, she is self-aware. So reading her book, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of moments where, you know, she says something that you just, you, you can feel the awkwardness in the room. The best story that I have is when she met the Queen for the first time. Um, so as per most um, events with the Queen, everyone's standing in a semicircle. You nod, you say yes, you answer the Queen's question and then you move on. Um, she happened to get involved with another conversation and was basically told to shut up by the Queen um, <laughs> just for overstepping her mark and, you know, joining the conversation. Um, she's very, she's just, she's just a personality that um, you just laugh and cry and you get really 
emotionally attached to her stories. Um, the one takeout that I had from this book that really kind of I'm still questioning is her stance. Um, she's a lesbian herself and a queer um, identifying person. Her stance on coming out is very interesting. So her stance on coming out is from the viewpoint that it's not always the best thing to come out. Um, so her stance on it is she had a mother with dementia and when she um, essentially came out, it caught a a kind of caught a fraction in the family and she lost a bit of time with her mother and she feels that it was due to the fact that um, maybe some of the older generation aren't prepared because they haven't lived with um, such a socially acceptable kind of stance on it, um, which is a really interesting kind of uh, viewpoint that I haven't experienced before. Um, so I definitely recommend if you um, are into queer literature or if you're into... Um, someone who is queer presenting but has a very political focus and a very interesting old school mentality. It's definitely, um, definitely a good one to read. I definitely, um, if you don't, if you don't know who she is, Graham Norton YouTube, it's the best thing. Her and the Will I, um, the Will I Am conversation is amazing. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have read it. I have not, but we, um, uh, she was on an episode of our podcast this year. Our CEO Tony Nash uh, interviewed her. Yes, she was. That was fantastic. I did listen to that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for that, Callum. That's awesome. And uh, I think uh, we can leave it there because we're out of time. But uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in um, and listening. Thank you to Jess, Liv and Callum for contributing today. And uh, if you want to find links to any of the books that we've discussed, you can find them in the show notes for today's episode. Or you can just head over to a little website we like to call booktopia.com.au and search for these books and others, add them to your cart and keep us in business. We really appreciate that. Uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Never stop reading. Thank you.